I feel like God wants to do something today. He's doing something already. I don't even know if this is going to be a sermon. What I really want to do is I want to pray for families today. Not just a couple, but I want to pray for every family if I can. Because I believe God wants to release some generational blessings. I can only tell you, and Devin shared this with me last night. She came to prayer with the intercessors and there was a word released and just let out in the atmosphere about restoration and paying back retribution. How many know when God makes your enemy pay you back, you get back more than you lost? Because the thief has to put interest on everything he stole. I want you to look at Luke chapter 6. Just use this as a foundation and a text. Verse number 6. Next Sunday, I'm going to start a series, I believe, called Ancestry.God. I'm serious. I want you to know where you were born from. Well, I came from, hold on, that's where you came from, but you were born from another world. And how many know that if you understand who your daddy is, it'll change your future? So look at your neighbor, tell a neighbor. We're about to go back to our roots. <laughs> Ancestry.God. So we'll, we'll talk about that next Sunday. Don't miss it. Share the word. Help me spread the news. Tell your in-laws and outlaws. Come to church with me. We're going to find out about our family tree. All right. Luke 6, verse 6. Now it happened on another Sabbath. Say another Sabbath. Also that he entered the synagogue and he taught. And a man was there whose right hand was withered. So the scribes and Pharisees watched him closely. They watched Jesus closely, whether he would heal on the Sabbath, that they might find an accusation against him. But he knew their thoughts. Isn't that funny? God knows your thoughts. And he said to the man with the withered hand, Arise and stand here. And he arose and stood, and Jesus said to them, I will ask you one thing. Is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do evil, to save life or to destroy? And when they looked around, when he looked around at them all, he said to the man, Stretch out. Somebody say, Stretch. Stretch out your hand, and he did so, and his hand was restored as whole as the other. But they were filled with rage. Look at the religious people. They were filled with rage and discussed with one another what they might do to Jesus. And I want to talk about stretching it out today because if you have the faith to believe it God is going to heal the withered dried up paralyzed part of your life that has been hindered and is not growing I feel like today God's going to break some things off of some families in this room and restoration is coming to some houses and homes today I said restoration is coming to some houses and homes today. Lord, help me preach and teach and give us revelation to see and then a manifestation of the word that is declared in this altar time. I pray for blessing to break open and release over the people of God. Blessing that hits their, come on, their finances, their minds, their children, their marriages, their jobs, their joy level, their peace level. Father, I thank you right now that the inside is getting ready to be lined up with your plans, your promises, and your purposes. 
And I declare right now that every weapon the enemy has crafted to destroy them is broken and it will not prosper. And they're going to come out of this moment today absolutely delivered from the top of their head to the bottom of their feet. I declare today that what you have set in motion, no enemy can hinder. Woo! Bless the people in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Can be seated. The Gospels are the account of the life, the birth, the life, the ministry, the death, the resurrection, and the promise of our Lord's coming. There are four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Three of them are what we consider synoptic Gospels. That is, they carry the same flow. Matthew, Mark, and Luke are synoptic. John is not a synoptic Gospel. He is concerned primarily with the deity and the passion, the suffering, the humanity of our Lord. But Matthew, Mark, and Luke tell the story from birth to resurrection, and they follow a compatible, common timeline. If you look in Matthew, Mark, and Luke's gospel, you will see only a handful of miracles that occurred in all three gospels. Each gospel writer takes his liberty under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to include certain stories, certain parts of Jesus' ministry. And so you get some stories in Matthew that you don't get in Luke, and you get some stories in Mark that you don't get in Matthew. But the story that I read to you this morning of the man with the withered hand is a unique and uh, dynamic story that finds itself in all three synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And it is, it is there intentionally in all three of those gospel books because Jesus is trying to show us something significant. The writers of the gospels are trying to show us something very important. When you get one story in all three of the synoptic gospels, it has an intentionality and a deep meaning. And this is one of those such stories. And I believe the reason why it is located in all three of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John's gospel is because it has to do with the Sabbath. And as you will understand as this story unfolds before you today, the Sabbath and Jesus' uh, controversy and his collision with religious leaders regarding the Sabbath is a very, very tenuous point in ministry for him. It's, it's something that causes great conflict with the religious leaders of his day. He, he, is, he is going intentionally into the synagogue on the Sabbath, not just to do something, but to make a point. And when he goes into the Sabbath on the synagogue to make a point, the, the Bible is clear here in Luke's gospel. This is also found in Matthew chapter 12 and Mark chapter 3, the same story. He goes into those, he goes into this synagogue. He goes into this synagogue on the Sabbath, not just to heal a man, but to make a point. He is trying, family, to shape and change a culture in this place of worship. Jesus is literally trying to shift an atmosphere in this sanctuary. Now, most theologians, and, and I don't consider myself a theologian, but I do believe the theologians have nailed this when they say that this synagogue here in Luke chapter 6 was the synagogue at Capernaum. It is the same synagogue where he walked into after he came out of the wilderness and he delivered the demon-possessed man, set him free, and said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he's anointed me to preach the gospel, to set at liberty them that are bruised recovering a sight to the blind. This is the same synagogue. I want you to understand that this man with the withered hand could have very likely been in that service where Jesus initially walked into the synagogue and he delivered the man with the devil. I, I believe this man could have been in there, but one of the things that I want you to understand is that Jesus is willing to come back to this synagogue even after he has delivered somebody and continue to do work in that synagogue that would shift and continually more appropriately align the atmosphere with heaven on earth. There's something so pervasive about this synagogue that Jesus doesn't just deliver it and touch it one time. He has to come back time after time after time and keep teaching and preaching and training because there is a stronghold in this synagogue that has a propensity to keep people in bondage. 
And if you are going to break through and have a deliverance and a sustained victory in a place, it takes more than one breakthrough. It takes time after time going back to that atmosphere and addressing the stronghold in the spirit and letting it know you stayed here for a while, but you are not permitted to stay here any longer. This atmosphere is shifting and things are changing. That's why, how many contest this? Growing up, you could go into a church service and have a good Sunday morning service, but come back the next Sunday and it felt like, what happened? Y'all don't know what I'm talking about, do you? Have you ever been in a great service before, but come back to the same church and the victory and the breakthrough that you had the week before, you don't feel it in the atmosphere anymore? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Why is that? Because there are principalities that feel entitled to keep a place in bondage, and they will keep a place in bondage unless somebody keeps on coming back with a teaching and a preaching and a word of revelation that continually tells the devil, you will not have this atmosphere. You will not have these people. They will not sit in your religious garbage and die in your religious bondage. We're going to preach the kingdom of heaven until everybody's mind gets aligned with the truth and we start walking up out of wheelchairs and shaking off our cancers and living in the power of God. This man, listen to this, he comes to church, the synagogue, on the Sabbath, and he does not expect to be healed that day. Why doesn't he expect to be healed? Because religion told him the day is not the day. Religion said you can't get healed on the Sabbath. That's what the Pharisees and the Herodians said. We have rules. And our rules keep you from doing that kind of ministry on the Sabbath. Rules. Lord, I'm sick about it. They had gotten so rule-oriented and so, watch this, there's nothing wrong with tradition. But if you're not careful, your tradition will make you traditional. And if you stay traditional long enough, it'll lead to traditionalism. Y'all not helping nobody. That's why some churches cannot get a breakthrough sustained and a victory that is sustained. It's not because you didn't have a good service on a Sunday night. It's because you didn't bring something into the atmosphere that addressed that principality of religion that made people know by the time I get back next Sunday that demon will not have the authority to stay here. It cannot keep people in bondage. We're getting ready to walk in freedom. There is no bondage like religious bondage. Oh, come on, church. There's all kind of bondage, but there is nothing as bad as religious bondage. You get somebody bound by religion who thinks they're right. Yeah, let me go over here and try this. Have you ever met somebody under a religious spirit who think they know it all? And you try to tell them truth and they won't hear none of it because they know it all. I'm going to tell you right now, it is the grace of God that will help a know-it-all find out he or she don't know it all. And some of us in this room and some watching by live stream today have got to get a revelation that just because you always did it that way doesn't mean that's the only way to do it. And just because you grew up that way don't mean that was the only way to grow up. Some of us, the, the greatest blessing some of you had is that church didn't screw you up. This synagogue is not just under, under a spiritual attack. It's under a religious assignment and religion is complicit with the plan of the enemy. Oh, I just said something right there. Religion is complicit with the plan of the enemy to keep you in bondage. Religion won't take your joy. It'll just make it hard for you to get it back. Y'all not going to help nobody. Religion won't take your peace. It'll just create an atmosphere that makes it hard for you to get it back. 
Religion won't put your kids in hell. It'll just make it hard for your kids to come back from darkness and come back to the church. Most of your children that are not in church this morning didn't quit God. They quit the church because they were tired of the mess. Y'all not have to help me, but I came to preach in here today. They didn't quit God. They just quit the mess going on in the church. And I came to tell somebody today, God is about to break out in the house. And the, and the sons and daughters that got hurt in the past are about to find out that God is good all the time. Oh, Lord have mercy. And all the time God is good. They didn't quit God. They quit that mess. Going through your dog and pony show, hopping over all your red line and red tape and People condemning each other. Uh, let me go ahead and fix something in here right now. I know that there are people who come to this church who don't have all their ducks in a row. There are people who sit in our church every Sunday who are struggling with sins. There are people in this church every single Sunday who are even struggling with sin that you think they ought to bust hell wide open for. But you keep your mouth off them because just because they haven't become what they're going to be doesn't mean you have the right to bury them in hopelessness and shove them out of the house of the Lord. Sit your hips down and let the grace of God work in the hearts of people who don't know what it's like yet to walk in freedom where sin does abound grace does much more abound and just because you've arrived it doesn't give you the authority to put other people down you ought to have enough love to help them get up and walk in the grace of God this place in Luke 6 was a synagogue. People are supposed to go there and receive the word and receive prayer. But the atmosphere is locked up because when you don't have authority in the room, religious principalities will come and set up an atmosphere. And Jesus says, I'm going to go back and watch this. This is so beautiful. I'm going to teach. His solution for this atmosphere of bondage and religious yoke is to teach. Because you will never sustain a breakthrough until you change the way people in that atmosphere are thinking. As a man or woman thinks, so is he or she. You can have glory invade the room, but if you don't change your stinking thinking, the glory cannot be sustained and you can actually taste the goodness of God but forget about it and walk back into the mess God's trying to bring you out of and isn't it funny isn't it funny how it just takes just a few hours for people to forget how good the service was they just left y'all not going to help nobody in here Teaching is what will help you sustain the glory when it is poured out. Some, sometimes we experience glory, but we lose the sustained part of it because we have no truth that helps us reinforce the encounter we just had. So Jesus said, I'm not just going to deliver somebody. I'm not just going to heal somebody. Before I do that, I'm going to lay a foundation so that when this man gets healed, these jokers with these religious costumes on can't talk him out of what I'm getting ready ready to do in his life. You want to know what Jesus did for religion? He shifted the atmosphere by teaching the truth of the kingdom. This is why I don't understand. Oh God. I don't understand how people can get up every Sunday and walk out in the middle of a sermon. Oh God. You better pray for me right here. Did you feel the cold wind come across the room? 
I'm not talking about people that got to go to work or got a one-time in a year situation. I'm talking about people who plan on getting up in the middle of the sermon at 1239 simply because they don't want to be late to their favorite restaurant. Sit yourself down. The food can wait. You, you, you need to get some teaching in you. I, I'll catch it later. No, you won't catch it later. You better catch it right now because if you ever get the word down in you when the devil comes and tries to steal the promise, the truth is what tells you to tell the devil, that will shot. Get behind me, Satan. I got a word from the Lord. He taught. We need some good teaching. That's what's wrong. We need some good teaching in the church. You got these people who get saved and don't come back to church. You didn't get taught. You memorize, listen, when we can memorize pop culture. Boy, I'm going to have a few friends when this one's over. When you can memorize pop culture, but, but you, don't, you don't dedicate your mind to, to, re, to remembering the holy scriptures. Can you tell me one scripture? John 3.16, for God so loved the world. He gave his only begotten son. Can you tell me another one? Jesus wept. I mean, them, th th that's wonderful. But we need to get the word down in us. We need to get the word down in us. That way when glory comes and we leave the building, glory don't have to leave. Glory sits upon government and some of us need some scripture on the inside to hold the glory that is trying to descend on our life. He teaches. And while he's teaching, Luke gives a detail that not that, that is not found in the other two synoptic gospels. This story is told in all three, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, but only Luke says that it was his right hand. Now, you must understand that Luke would be the one to recognize the particular hand that is under an attack because Luke himself is a physician. And Luke is concerned, as any good physician would be, with the details of the situation. So Luke does not just say that it is a hand that is withering. He says it is the right hand that is withering. And today, I think there is something in that for this house. When Luke says that the right hand was withered, it literally means in the Greek that the hand, the, the hand had lost circulation and that the blood and the water and the nutrients and the muscle and the, and the skin, every part of that hand had begun to deteriorate and it wasn't just a hand, it was a right hand. Everyone say the right hand. Well, what is the significance, pastor, with the right hand? Well, you could look at this text and you could just see it arbitrarily and coincidentally as a man struggling with his right hand. But if you understand that scripture leaves no detail out or puts no detail in accidentally, then you understand that when Luke says it is the right hand, God is trying to tell us several things about this man's condition that can relate to a situation that we are dealing with in our hour. Number one, the right hand is the hand of authority. Oh, I wish I had time to talk about it today. The right hand is the hand of authority. When Jesus ascended in Acts chapter 1, he did not sit on the left hand of God because the left hand of God is not the hand of authority. When Jesus rose from the dead by the power of the Holy Ghost, he ascended on a cloud and sat down at the right hand of God. Why the right hand? Because God was showing off the risen Christ as a demonstration and an advertisement to the gates of hell that death could not hold him. The grave could not stop him. Rome could not kill him. The cross could not hinder him. Up from the grave he arose with all power and authority. And when the Bible said that the right hand was withering, it is a sign that his authority was drying up. Some of you have lost your authority. 
You just take whatever the devil gives you. You just take whatever comes down the pike. You just take whatever comes to your house. It knocks on your door and you have the unmitigated gall to open the door and let the enemy in. And he walks through your kitchen and he walks through your living room and he walks through your bedroom and he walks through your back door and he takes authority in the whole house. But I feel like God sent me today to tell somebody who feels like your authority has dried up there is coming a restoration of power. There is coming a restoration of authority. God is saying you are not going to get run over. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in this world. Stop somebody and tell them I came to get my authority back today. I came to get my authority back today. I've been run over one too many days. I've been taken advantage of one too many days. The devil's trying to steal my joy one too many days. In the name of Jesus, I came to get my authority back. His hand, right hand. Say right hand is withering, it's drying up, no authority. But the right hand is not only the hand of authority. I found out that hands are necessary to receive uh, blessings and gifts. And yeah, yeah, yeah. If I take your right hand away, from you and then I give you a gift you can't properly you say oh pastor I got a left hand yeah but your left hand alone can't handle Amen. if I were just going to give you a little gift if I were going to give you a little gift, one hand could do it. But this is what I'm trying to tell you. You need both hands in this season we're living in. Because what God is getting ready to put on somebody's life cannot be picked up with one hand. you got to be operating at total maximum efficiency. You can't be sitting there saying, all i got is one hand. No, no, no. God is getting ready to give you handfuls. Oh, my God. Handfuls. And the last thing you want to be found saying when God starts pouring it out is I don't have the ability to take it in. Slap your neighbor, tell a neighbor you need that hand. You need that hand. You need the ability to take what God is getting ready to pour out on your life. Don't stand there making excuses and telling us how long it's been since you've been blessed. You're getting ready to be the head and not the tail. You're getting ready to be above and not beneath. God is trying to strengthen your hand so you can receive what he's getting ready to do in your life. But then, the, and I, I got to keep going with this. When the right hand is withered, not only is it a sign of authority, not only is it a sign of, uh, of being able to accept the gift, but this right hand is the hand of blessing. I feel like teaching right here. I feel like teaching right here. Ah, uh, uh, what happens is that in Genesis chapter 48, there is a man named Jacob who had a name changed to Israel. Israel is getting ready to die. And before he dies, he is getting ready to communicate and release the blessing of God upon his grandsons. And the Bible said, come here, come here, Chris, come here, Chris, and I need somebody, I need, come here, Elder. come here, Elder, you, you look seasoned, you don't look old, you look seasoned, come here, 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 stand right here, Elder, stand right here, Elder, stand right here, and you stand here, and we have, we have Manasseh, and we have Ephraim, Manasseh the firstborn, Ephraim the secondborn, according to the law, Manasseh is supposed to receive the blessing of the patriarch by the right hand of Jacob. This is all in Genesis 48. The right hand of Jacob is supposed to come down on the seasoned elder uh, 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 grandson. And the blessing is supposed to come. The firstborn blessing is supposed to come on Manasseh. And then Ephraim is supposed to get what is left over. But before 
Israel blesses them. He is getting ready to lay his right hand. Read it. It's in Genesis 48. He is getting ready to lay his right hand on Manasseh, the firstborn, and his left hand on Ephraim, the secondborn, because this is what people say you are supposed to do. Give the elder the best and give the younger the leftover. But just before he touches his head, oh, I feel God in here. The Bible said that Israel crossed his hands. Oh, hallelujah. Look at somebody. I didn't even come to preach this but I'm about to stay right there. I'm about to bless myself. Look at your neighbor. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, God is about to cross this thing up. Oh, my God. I did not deserve to be next, but God oh, is about to cross his hands and bless me out of turn. He's about to bless me out of season. I don't even know if I am next, but I am next because goodness and mercy what is that pastor that's the cross that's why I'm next not because I deserve it not because I earned it not because I know I'm the one because on a hill far away stood an old slap your neighbor say neighbor the cross is about to hook me up the cross is about to make the difference I know I don't deserve it but I dare you to get a front row seat what God is getting ready to do in my life somebody shout for the Lord. I'm through with this. Come on, my mama, come here. Come here, where you go? He's getting ready to do it. He's descending in blessing. He crosses his hands. And he put his right hand of blessing on Ephraim. And his left hand of blessing on Manasseh. And nobody could understand it. But God don't need your permission. He don't even expect you to understand why. He's just getting ready to bless you. I prophesy right now. He's getting ready to bless your life. How? In ways you didn't even expect. Stuff you've been asking for. God told me to tell you. He's not just going to give you what he, you've been asking for. But he told me to tell you exceedingly and abundantly above all you can ask or think I need somebody to open up your mouth right now I said somebody open up your mouth right now and praise God that blessing is coming back to your house and it's coming to your offspring I'm through with it. The right hand is the hand of blessing. And this man's hand had withered. Meaning, not only couldn't he not accept gifts, and not only was he experiencing a reductionism in his authority, but he's not able. Here's what God said to Devin and I. Today was going to be a day of generational blessing being released on your children and your house. Lord have mercy. But God said there were some people who God wanted to release blessing through, but their hand had gotten so withered that their hand of blessing didn't have the strength to release blessing over the next generation. But God sent me, and I'm getting ready to go take my seat in a minute. God sent me to tell somebody, you are getting ready to experience supernatural strength, and God is going to give you the ability. Oh! I don't know who I came to talk to in this house today. Some of you didn't feel like you had anything left to give your children. You didn't have anything left to give your grandchildren. And the devil told you you were going to leave this planet weak, dried up, and dead. But I heard the Lord say, today is a day to stretch it out. I 
want you to pull on three people right now. I want you to pull on them and say, stretch, stretch, stretch. God is about to stretch you out of your comfort zone, stretch you out of your religion. Somebody holler, stretch. Anna Hustetler, come here. If I looked at you and said, Anna, you got a great job at a great news station here in Chattanooga, but God's about to take you out of that job and put you at Redemption School of Ministry. You would say, that's a stretch. <laughs> but that's exactly what he just did. If I was to look at you and say, not only can the bank, did the bank say you can't afford the house, but you're getting ready to buy a house that the bank told you originally you couldn't buy, you would look at me and you'd say, that's a stretch. If I looked at somebody in this room and knew that they didn't have a lick of business sense, but know that God called them to start a business, and I said under the anointing of the Holy Ghost, you're about to start a business, and it's about to succeed, people will look at you and say, that's a stretch. Well, if you're not in a place where you're being stretched, you're not in the right place. If you're in an easy place, I might not be able to help you today. But if you feel God pulling on you and the enemy's telling you you can't, God told me to tell you, stretch. Pull on that hand. Come on, Tommy. Come on, Tommy. Pull on me. Pull on me. Pull on me. Pull on me. Pull. What are you doing? What are you doing, Pastor? I'm getting stretched right now. I got one side telling me I can't, but I got another side telling me all you got to do is yes. Put a yes in your spirit. I know the enemy wants to keep you locked up in religion, but God is telling me to tell you if you stretch. Some of you are getting ready to come out of your bondage and stretch toward your destiny. I'm feeling stretched. If you're not feeling stretched, if you're not in a place that requires tremendous faith, then you're probably locked up in that religious atmosphere. But God is getting ready to give you one command. I'm through. God is not going to say, arm, be healed. God's going to say, sir, ma'am, I need you to stretch. God could have talked to the hand, but he didn't talk to the hand. He talked to the man. Ezekiel, can these bones live? Oh, Lord, only thou knowest. God will often talk to you about the thing you've been talking to him about. You expected him to talk to the hand, but God started talking to you. Because if God heals your hand, but you don't participate in its healing, you miss the power of understanding that you have got to actually cooperate with God. Otherwise, otherwise, you could come back to that place next Sunday. There's a place over in Luke's Gospel, the 13th chapter, where the Bible said that the ruler of the synagogue, stand with me, I'm through teaching. They all worried about my sweat. 
I don't wear no makeup. You get it all right here. There's a, there's a scripture over in Luke chapter 13 where it says, thank you, Tom. Where the Bible says, man, I got some great brothers around here. Amen. For real. I thank God for every one of them. I thank God for every one of them. There's a scripture over there in Luke's gospel, 13 chapter, where the ruler of the synagogue told Jesus, can you stop healing on the Sabbath? There are six days that you could heal people in. And you chose the one day. You chose the one day that you weren't supposed to heal people. Can't you just heal on the six days and leave the Sabbath day alone? And we get mad at that man, but we reverse that curse. We, we have one day we heal and six days where we don't do nothing. Religion! All our healing takes place on Sunday. All our deliverance takes place on Sunday. But whatever you do, don't open your mouth outside Monday through Saturday. The devil is a liar. I prophesy an activation of crazy kingdom people who are getting ready to walk out here and before this day is over, the steakhouse and the chicken joint you're getting ready to go eat at are going to be turned upside down. Hallelujah! God is about to give rest. The word says this, that when he stretched out his hand, God restored it just like the other one. Restoration. Oh, there's so much in this text. Before he restored it, he told the man, stand up. Why? Because sitting down is a posture of defeat. And before God does something in your life, he'll often get you out of a posture of defeat and put you in a posture of victory. Stand up! Your legs ain't messed up. Your hand is. Quit letting the devil tell you you're defeated. He stood up and got in the right place. Look at somebody, tell them I'm in the right place. Look at somebody else, tell them I'm in the right place. Look at your neighbor, tell them you're in the right place. Stand up. He stood up. And Jesus said, stretch it out. And the man stretched it out and it became restored whole as the other hand. Here's what God said to us today. I'm restoring the strength of the hand of blessing so that you can release blessing over your children and your children's children. Some of you have felt like the enemy has dried up the blessing in your life. But the devil's lie is broken off of your life right now. And God is getting ready to re restore strength to your hand of blessing. Uh-huh. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You have said the day is past. I, the Lord, say today is the day. For I am the God who have purposed the moment of deliverance and blessing for my people. Who shall withstand it, saith the Lord? For I am the God of goodness, and I will pour out my spirit upon you this day, restoring everything that has been lost. For I am the God who takes pleasure in restoring my people. Receive of me now, says the Spirit of God. Know that every power in hell has been defeated, and that I, the Lord, am for you. And not against you. And this day I will restore everything into your life. Every promise I have spoken is yes and amen. 
and I will declare it again, saith the Lord. I will establish my word and I will perform what I have said for I am the Lord who I do not change. I do not lie and if I declare it, it shall be established says the spirit of grace to the church. Somebody praise them in this room today. If you're in this place, I know what time it is, but if you're in this place and you need God to restore, restore your life. Something, listen, when the Bible said restore, it means this. That man was not born that way. It became withered. It didn't start withered. Something happened somewhere in your life that withered your hand. But it will not stay withered, says the Lord. God is strengthening someone today because restoration is coming through the hand of blessing. And God is bringing the blessing back into your life. If I'm talking to you and your family, if you're a man, a wife, a, I don't care what, if you need God to restore, come to the altar with both hands lifted right now. There's a restoration grace in this house today. Hurry, come. Hurry, come. Jesus, have your way. Jesus, have your way. I need you today, Lord. I need you today. I need every elder and pastor to get ready to help me pray. People are coming from all over the church today. There's a restoration. Some of you are getting ready to be restored after a divorce. I hear the Lord saying somebody's getting ready to be restored after a divorce. Someone's getting better, ready to be restored in their business. Someone's been through a battle recently and you feel like the enemy put some junk in your mind to help you start believing that God ain't as for you as you thought he was. The devil is a liar. Press on into the front. Come on. People are still coming trying to get here. I need people. I know some folks got to go. We love you. Don't miss something. Wednesday night. Get, get, get here Wednesday night. If you got to go, we love you. Go get your children. But everybody's staying. I need you to put on some garments of praise and some worship in this building right now. The Lord is getting ready to restore some people. Strength is coming back to your hand of blessing today. Strength is coming back to your hand of blessing today. You are going to release blessing over your house. I'm telling you right now, I'm going to pray for you, but before you go to bed tonight, you need to lay hands on everything in your house. You need to lay hands on your children, your spouse. I'm not talking about crazy. I'm talking about just lay your hands on them and say you're blessed. I release blessing into your life right now. Oh, I release blessing into your life right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I release blessing in your life right now. Strength. Come on. I need some worshipers to come sing right now. This ain't going to just be a little prayer service. God's getting ready to restore some people. Pastor Tobin, worship team, come help me. Oh, I need people praying in the Holy Ghost right now. I break off every lie of the enemy. Every lie of the enemy that told you you always going to be like this and today is not your day. Today, today is your day. The Lord has already said it and I agree with his word. Blessing, blessing is coming on your house. Elders, pray for people. Pastors, pray for people. Pray. I can't get to everybody, but I want everybody to have prayer. Blessing of the Lord. Blessing, 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 blessing. Oh, the blessing of the Lord. The blessing. Holy Ghost, bless this man of God in the name of Jesus. Bless this woman of God in the name of Jesus. Blessing of the Lord. The blessing of the Lord. The blessing of God is coming on your house right now. The blessing of God is coming on your house right now. In the mighty name of Jesus. Oh, it's already on you. But God said he crossed his hands when he blessed your life. Oh, Jesus, I bless your name. Jesus, I bless your name. Jesus, I bless your name. The blessing of the Lord is in this place right now. Throw your hands up, sir. Throw your hands up, sir. I bless you right now. The weakness is broken. The strength of God is coming on you now. The strength of God. The strength of God. Pray, church. Pray, church. Pray. Oh, sing, sing, sing. Sing, sing, sing. 
Are you a fisherman? You ever fish? You don't? Some? Well, when I laid my hand on you, I saw you fishing. And I just believe 
that supernatural increase is getting ready to come to your life. And I feel like you're like the fishermen in the Gospels who were often fishing, but just one word away from the supernatural increase that God wanted for their life. And God's getting ready to tell you to just, and maybe this is spiritual for you, I don't know. But God's getting ready to start dealing with you in a very deep place and a deep way. And if you'll just throw where he tells you to throw, something significant, sir, is coming into your life. I, I speak blessing over you right now. I bless you. I bless your life. And the hand of blessing is receiving the strength of God today. In the mighty name of Jesus. Who can stop the Lord Almighty? Holy Spirit, I declare over Aaron and Amber this morning that the blessing of God is coming on this house. The strength of God is coming on the hand of blessing in Aaron's life. You're going to lay hands on those babies and on your wife tonight. I'm telling you, the blessing of the Lord is coming on this house. It's in your hand, and I command strength to the hand of blessing. Fill him with blessing now. And and I break off of you right now religious stuff. I don't know all of your story, but I'm seeing religious stuff that weighed you down and still tries to pull you down. And God is breaking that mess off. There's an atmospheric change coming into your life. There is an explosion of grace and the goodness of God. You don't have to wonder what you got to do. Just believe. Stretch it out. Lord, I thank you for blessing coming on the babies, blessing coming on the house, blessing coming on his hand. God said if you open your mouth and declare it out, do it in your house. Hallelujah. In the mighty name of Jesus, blessing, blessing. Who can stop the Lord Almighty? Who can stop the Lord Almighty? Oh, God. Bless, 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 bless. In the name of Jesus. Yeah. Say it, Joe. Blessing. Blessing, Summer. Oh, yeah, yeah, my uncle Shia. Come on, family, pray with me. Who can stop the Lord? Who can stop the Lord? Jesus. Blessing. Woo! This hand right here. Strength is coming back to the hand of blessing. Strength is coming back to the hand of blessing. Strength is coming back to the hand of blessing. You're gonna bless, you're gonna bless, you're gonna bless, you're gonna bless. Release blessing. Release blessing. Friends, this is a hand of blessing. Strength is coming to the hand of blessing in your life. Oh Jesus. Oh Jesus. I bless you. I bless you in the name of the Lord. in this house I feel like God is about to break some yokes off your children and your grandchildren because he's about to restore your hand of blessing and the strength and the yeah it's getting ready to come to the house everybody in your house I break the curse I command the devil to lift his lie off the lives of your children and grandchildren I command them to walk in the blessing of the Lord now let their mind be free from the yoke of deception. Let their eyes be open to the truth of God's goodness. Wind of God. Wind of God. What about I say? Jesus. Jesus. 
Is this pickle? Lift your hands up high. I declare over you. Jacob leaned on his staff and blessed his children. You have children? Yeah. The enemy's been tormenting you about what you left them. But God told me to tell you if you'll just keep leaning on the staff. Bless Jesus. Oh God, let the blessing of the Lord come upon him right now. Lean on the staff. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus, thank you for Job. Bless, bless, bless. Just bless him. The right hand of blessing. The right hand of blessing. Precious Jesus. Precious Jesus. Blessing of the Lord. I bless you, sweetheart. I bless you, sweetheart. The hand of the Lord is coming on your life. This right hand is the hand of blessing. <laughs> I feel the strength of God in that hand. And you're going to release blessing over your children and your grandchildren. And they're going to be blessed. Jesus, Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit, Spirit of the living God, today we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. This is my friend. Lord, this hand, the hand of blessing in his house is coming strong now. The strength of God is coming to the hand of blessing. Holy Ghost, bless this man of God. Bless the whole house in the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. Sweetheart, nothing, listen carefully, Nothing the enemy is doing will prosper. And nothing you have done has sabotaged the purpose of God. You have, I, I feel a great assignment of shame that the enemy has tried to pour on your life. But today the spirit of grace is removing the shame, breaking off a false identity. And I know this is so presumptuous and I'm not trying to be, but I hear the Lord saying, be to her as a father. Not, not, I'm not talking about it in some weird way. I feel like God told me to tell you to bless you. He told me to bless you because you've been worried about the lack of a father's blessing in your life. Does that make sense to you? And the Lord told me to tell you you're covered and you have a future. And you will never have to struggle for identity again. The Father is pulling you close into his heart. And you're welcome there. I bless you. Oh, oh Jesus, I bless her in your name. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you. Lord, I bless Tandra right now. Who can stop the Lord Almighty? Bless. Those boys are blessed. Those babies are blessed. God is strengthening your right hand of blessing today. Huh? Help me. Help me. Who? Lift your hands, sir. Father, I bless this man of God. Restore his hand of blessing now. Jesus. Come on, worship him who can stop the Lord. Who can stop the Lord? Nobody. Nobody can. Nobody. Jesus, she's ble I bless you. I bless you. Who can stop the Lord? That, that hand of blessing is getting strength from heaven today. You're coming into the blessing of God. can stop the Lord. Lord, heal this precious baby right now. Heal this precious baby right now, Abba. I speak strength into her body, feet, ankles, muscles, legs, 
Let her be healed by the power of God right now. Jesus. Jesus. Nobody can stop you. The hand of blessing is in this house. The hand of blessing is in this house. God is giving strength to the hand of blessing. You're going to lay hands on your whole house, sir. Blessing is in that hand because it's in your spirit. God's going to give some authority back today to this house. You feel like you've been getting run over by the devil. Put the devil under your feet today. I'm telling you, the hand of the Lord is with you. You have nothing to fear. The goodness of God is being released in this house right now. The joy of the Lord is coming to this house right now. Oh, Jesus, I thank you for increase. She precious. Jesus. Lord, let the blessing of heaven Come on, throw your hands up and receive this. Let the blessing of heaven come on every family. I bless you, family, right now, financially, mentally, spiritually, physically, emotionally, every component of your life None of them will be exempt from the goodness and the blessing of the Lord. May the hand of God, the blessing of God's hand be upon every family now. Receive it in the name of Jesus. Receive it in the name of Jesus. And I call into alignment our thinking right now. I call into alignment our thinking. May our thinking come into alignment with the word of the Lord and the truth of God. And may every trespassing, antagonistic thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God be broken now. And may the truth of God come rushing in and the people of God walk in freedom now in the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, worship him. Come on, worship him. Thank you for blessing your people today, God. Come on. Who can stop the Lord? Who can stop the Lord? Oh, Nobody knows. 